0: book ten chapter three paragraphs one to twenty one of progress and poverty by henry george this librivox recording is in the public domain book ten chapter three the law of human progress what then is the law of human progress the law under which civilization advances It must explain clearly and definitely and not by vague generalities or superficial analogies why though mankind started presumably with the same capacities and at the same time there now exist such wide differences in social development it must account for the arrested civilizations and for the decayed and destroyed civilizations for the general facts as to the rise of civilization, and for the petrifying or enervating force which the progress of civilization has heretofore always evolved. It must account for retrogression as well as for progression, for the differences in general character between Asiatic and European civilizations, for the difference between classical and modern civilizations, for the different rates at which progress goes on, and for those bursts and starts and halts of progress which are so marked as minor phenomena. And thus it must show us what are the essential conditions of progress, and what social adjustments advance and what retard it. It is not difficult to discover such a law. We have but to look and we may see it. I do not pretend to give it scientific precision, but merely to point it out. The incentives to progress are the desires inherent in human nature, the desire to gratify the wants of the animal nature, the wants of the intellectual nature, and the wants of the sympathetic nature, the desire to be, to know, and to do, desires that, short of infinity, can never be satisfied, as they grow by what they feed on. Mind is the instrument by which man advances, and by which each advance is secured and made the vantage-ground for new advances. Though he may not by taking thought to add a cubit to his stature, man may by taking thought extend his knowledge of the universe and his power over it, in what, so far as we can see, is an infinite degree. The narrow span of human life allows the individual to go but a short distance, but though each generation may do but little, yet generations, succeeding to the gain of their predecessors, may gradually elevate the status of mankind, as coral polyps, building one generation upon the work of another, gradually elevate themselves from the bottom of the sea. Mental power is, therefore, the motor of progress, and men tend to advance in proportion to the mental power expended in progression, the mental power which is devoted to the extension of knowledge, the improvement of methods, and the betterment of social conditions. Now, mental power is a fixed quantity. That is to say, there is a limit to the work a man can do with his mind, as there is to the work he can do with his body therefore the mental power which can be devoted to progress is only what is left after what is required for non-progressive purposes these non-progressive purposes in which mental power is consumed may be classified as maintenance and conflict by maintenance i mean not only the support of existence but the keeping up of the social condition and the holding of advances already gained by conflict i mean not merely warfare and preparation for warfare but all expenditure of mental power in seeking the gratification of desire at the expense of others and in resistance to such aggression to compare society to a boat her progress through the water will not depend on the exertion of her crew but upon the exertion devoted to propelling her this will be lessened by any expenditure of force required for bailing, or any expenditure of force in fighting among themselves, or in pulling in different directions. Now, as in a separated state the whole powers of man are required to maintain existence, and mental power is set free for higher uses only by the association of men in communities, which permits the division of labor and all the economies which come with the cooperation of increased numbers, Association is the first essential of progress. Improvement becomes possible as men come together in peaceful association, and the wider and closer the association, the greater the possibilities of improvement. And as the wasteful expenditure of mental power in conflict becomes greater or less as the moral law which accords to each an equality of rights is ignored or recognized, equality or justice is the second essential of progress. Thus association in equality is the law of progress. Association frees mental power for expenditure in improvement, and equality or justice or freedom, for the terms here signify the same thing, the recognition of the moral law, prevents the dissipation of this power in fruitless struggles. Here is the law of progress which will explain all diversities, all advances, all halts and retrogressions men tend to progress just as they come closer together and by cooperation with each other increase the mental power that may be devoted to improvement but just as conflict is provoked or association develops inequality of condition and power this tendency to progression is lessened checked and finally reversed Given the same innate capacity, and it is evident that social development will go on faster or slower, will stop or turn back, according to the resistances it meets. In a general way these obstacles to improvement may, in relation to the society itself, be classed as external and internal, the first operating with greater force in the earlier stages of civilization, the latter becoming more important in the later stages, Man is social in his nature. He does not require to be caught and tamed in order to induce him to live with his fellows. The utter helplessness with which he enters the world, and the long period required for the maturity of his powers, necessitate the family relation, which, as we may observe, is wider, and in its extensions stronger, among the ruder than among the more cultivated peoples." THE FIRST SOCIETIES ARE FAMILIES, EXPANDING INTO TRIBES, STILL HOLDING A MUTUAL BLOOD RELATIONSHIP, AND EVEN WHEN THEY HAVE BECOME GREAT NATIONS, CLAIMING A COMMON DESCENT. GIVEN BEINGS OF THIS KIND, PLACED ON A GLOBE OF SUCH DIVERSIFIED SURFACE AND CLIMATE AS THIS, AND IT IS EVIDENT THAT, EVEN WITH EQUAL CAPACITY AND AN EQUAL START, SOCIAL DEVELOPMENT MUST BE VERY DIFFERENT the first limit or resistance to association will come from the conditions of physical nature and as these greatly vary with locality corresponding differences in social progress must show themselves the net rapidity of increase and the closeness with which men as they increase can keep together will IN THE RUDE STATE OF KNOWLEDGE IN WHICH RELIANCE FOR SUBSISTENCE MUST BE PRINCIPALLY ON THE SPONTANEOUS OFFERINGS OF NATURE, VERY LARGELY DEPEND UPON CLIMATE, SOIL, AND PHYSICAL CONFORMATION. WHERE MUCH ANIMAL FOOD AND WARM CLOTHING ARE REQUIRED, WHERE THE EARTH SEEMS POOR AND NIGGARD, WHERE THE EXUBERANT LIFE OF TROPICAL forests MOCKS BARBAROUS MAN'S PUNY EFFORTS TO CONTROL, WHERE MOUNTAINS, DESERTS, OR ARMS OF THE SEA SEPARATE AND ISOLATE MEN, association and the power of improvement which it evolves can at first go but a little way but on the rich plains of warm climates where human existence can be maintained with a smaller expenditure of force and from a much smaller area men can keep closer together and the mental power which can at first be devoted to improvement is much greater hence civilization naturally first arises in the great valleys and table-lands where we find its earliest monuments but these diversities in natural conditions not merely thus directly produce diversities in social development but by producing diversities in social development bring out in man himself an obstacle or rather an act of counterforce to improvement as families and tribes are separated from each other The social feeling ceases to operate between them, and differences arise in language, custom, tradition, religion—in short, in the whole social web in which each community, however small or large, constantly spins. With these differences, prejudices grow, animosities spring up, contact easily produces quarrels, aggression begets aggression, and wrong kindles revenge. Footnote how easy it is for ignorance to pass into contempt and dislike! How natural it is for us to consider any difference in manners, customs, religion, etc., as proof of the inferiority of those who differ from us. Anyone who has emancipated himself in any degree from prejudice, and who mixes with different classes, may see in civilized society. In religion, for instance, the spirit of the hymn, I'd rather be a ba- and wear a shining face than for to be a Methodist and always fall from grace, is observable in all denominations. As the English bishop said, Orthodoxy is my doxy, heterodoxy is any other doxy, while the universal tendency is to classify all outside of the orthodoxies and heterodoxies of the prevailing religion as heathens or atheists, and the like tendency is observable as to all other differences end of footnote and so between these separate social aggregates arises the feeling of ishmael and the spirit of cain warfare becomes the chronic and seemingly natural relation of societies to each other and the powers of men are expended in attack or defence in mutual slaughter and mutual destruction of wealth or in warlike preparations How long this hostility persists, the protective tariffs and the standing armies of the civilized world today bear witness. How difficult it is to get over the idea that it is not theft to steal from a foreigner, the difficulty in procuring an International Copyright Act will show. Can we wonder at the perpetual hostilities of tribes and clans? can we wonder that when each community was isolated from the others when each uninfluenced by the others was spinning its separate web of social environment which no individual can escape that war should have been the rule and peace the exception they were even as we are now warfare is the negation of association the separation of men into diverse tribes by increasing warfare thus checks improvement While in the localities where a large increase in numbers is possible without much separation, civilization gains the advantage of exemption from tribal war, even when the community as a whole is carrying on warfare beyond its borders. Thus, where the resistance of nature to the close association of men is slightest, the counterforce of warfare is likely at first to be least felt and in the rich plains where civilization first begins, it may rise to a great height, while scattered tribes are yet barbarous. And thus, when small separated communities exist in a state of chronic warfare which forbids advance, the first step to their civilization is the advent of some conquering tribe or nation that unites these smaller communities into a larger one, in which internal peace is preserved where this power of peaceable association is broken up either by external assaults or internal dissensions the advance ceases and retrogression begins but it is not conquest alone that has operated to promote association and by liberating mental power from the necessities of warfare to promote civilization If the diversities of climate, soil, and configuration of the earth's surface operate at first to separate mankind, they also operate to encourage exchange. And commerce, which is in itself a form of association or cooperation, operates to promote civilization, not only directly, but by building up interests which are opposed to warfare, and dispelling the ignorance which is the fertile mother of prejudices and animosities and so of religion. Though the forms it has assumed and the animosities it has aroused have often sundered men and produced warfare, yet it has at other times been the means of promoting association. A common worship has often, as among the Greeks, mitigated war and furnished the basis of union, while it is from the triumph of Christianity over the barbarians of Europe that modern civilization springs had not the christian church existed when the roman empire went to pieces europe destitute of any bond of association might have fallen to a condition not much above that of the north american indians or only received civilization with an asiatic impress from the conquering scimitars of the invading hordes which had been welded into a mighty power by a religion which springing up in the deserts of arabia had united tribes separated from time immemorial and, thence issuing, brought into the association of a common faith a great part of the human race. Looking over what we know of the history of the world, we thus see civilization everywhere springing up where men are brought into association, and everywhere disappearing as this association is broken up. Thus the Roman civilization, spread over Europe by the conquests which ensured internal peace, was overwhelmed by the incursions of the northern nations that broke society again into disconnected fragments. And the progress that now goes on in our modern civilization began as the feudal system again began to associate men in larger communities, and the spiritual supremacy of Rome to bring these communities into a common relation, as her legions had done before. As the feudal bonds grew into national autonomies, and Christianity worked the amelioration of manners, brought forth the knowledge that during the dark days she had hidden, bound the threads of peaceful union in her all-pervading organization, and taught association in her religious orders, a greater progress became possible, which, as men have been brought into closer and closer association and cooperation, has gone on with greater and greater force. But we shall never understand the course of civilization, and the varied phenomena which its history presents, without a consideration of what I may term the internal resistances, or counter-forces, which arise in the heart of advancing society, and which can alone explain how a civilization once fairly started should either come of itself to a halt, or be destroyed by barbarians. End of Book Ten, Chapter Three Paragraphs one to twenty-one. Recording by Tim Macarios, idiophilus.wordpress.com.